Welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast, where we take your favorite topics and completely destroy their overworked narratives, create new unbiased narratives, and probably hurt your feelings in the process. But in the words of my old black babysitter Matilda, you gonna be all right. Again, welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast. Now, here's your host, Wayne Steven. In my zone right now. In my zone right now. That's how I'm feeling. You're <laughs> hey, this is Wayne Steven. Welcome to the Productive Inactivity Podcast. And today, like, I'm just, I, I can't lie, I'm kind of feeling myself today. I, I, I woke up this morning, you know, just really uh, late <laughs> and behind schedule. But for some reason, that, that, that makes me feel myself. I don't know why. But um, I was asked a question last week by a friend of mine. And uh, she's an older lady, and I say she's a friend, but I train her, but she, she became a friend over time. Like, that's what happens like with my training clients. All of my training clients eventually become like my best friends. And it's not because they're paying me, but it's because we spend so much time together working on their goals, but that's neither here nor there. Um, she asked me a question last week. She was like, if you could think of the most beautiful woman in the world, who would it be? Now, if I was a cornball dude, I'd have been like, oh, that's easy. That's my wife. And I wouldn't be wrong, but I, I don't say cliche cornball stuff like that. But I really couldn't think of anything because I, I don't and I never have followed the beauty standards of society. Like I never looked at a woman and was like, she has to look like this model. Now, of course, when I was young, you know what I'm saying? Like when you're like 17, 18, 16, you know, when I was young, Maya was the, she was the standard, you know what I mean? Um, there were other uh, females as well, but like as I got older and really started to learn the world, my idea of beauty and what made women beautiful like changed out of the blue. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that like I got into modeling early on in my life and I was around overly beautiful people all the time and it it kind of changed my perception of what beauty is my mom would always say to me she'd be like woman could be beautiful on the outside be ugly on the inside and I just thought that was like the thing that moms said I thought moms had to say stuff like that you know to try to keep you from falling for the wrong woman which is you know actually a, a good reason to give a young man for not falling for the wrong woman but at the time I wasn't trying to hear it and it's not to say that all women who possess like top shelf looks are ugly on the inside because that's just not the case. But I just started to look at the world different uh, as far as beauty standards were concerned. And then just my idea of manhood itself started to change. Like I don't like being put in a gender box where it says men love boobs, beer, and barbecue. Like that's not my that's not my swag. Like I've never been into that stereotypical 
man garage talk. Like I can't stand being around dudes that do it. Like that's why most of my friends are female. Although as a married man, it's not very prudent to have female friends, but most of the people that I prefer to hold conversations with eight times out of 10 will be females because I feel like they have a lot more to say than, than men do oftentimes. And um, saying that to say like not falling into that gender uh, that gender box where society tells you what you like. And I also remember in the same conversation, like, you know, strip clubs being brought up. And I, I looked at my friend, I said, listen, I was like, I don't even like strip clubs. And, and she was like, oh, come on, Wayne, you know you like to see naked boobs and women shaking it all around. And I, I'm laughing because as she's saying this, she's doing like the fake shake motions and, and, and she's so like not like that. But it was funny to me that she was illustrating it in that way. But I'm like, nah, like I really, I've, I've been to strip clubs, but like every time I've gone, like there was always some weird experience or I just wanted to go home. Like I remember the first time I ever went to a strip club. And it was like completely by accident. I was like 18 years old. I had just turned 18, like maybe a couple of months prior. And I'm walking down 6th Avenue. Then I bust a left onto another uh, major street. It was probably 5th or whatever. But no, it was into the um, Times Square area. And that's when like there was an actual strip club in Times Square, like a little further up. And I'm walking. Now, mind you, and I got to set the scene. I had just recently broken up with my girlfriend for the third time in like however many months. Cause because when you know when you're 18 and you're in a relationship, you break up every few months because you're like, I need some space, which is really just you saying you want to sleep with other girls. I wish we were more honest as young dudes, like, look, I need to take a break to sleep with other girls for a little bit. I'ma be back. But we didn't do that. We would make like fake fights and then like, oh, I need a break and all this other stuff. So I'm walking down the block in Times Square and I see this like group of eight white dudes. I guess it was somebody's birthday and I'm walking and somehow I get swept up in the eight and the head guy, the I'm with these guys guy, turns around and he points to me. He's like, yeah, you, yeah, he's with us too. And I'm like, what, I'm with y'all? And I, <laughs> and I didn't anticipate being with them, but I got swept up in the group. So I, I went into the strip club. And, you know, you walk in, it's everything you expect it to be. It's the black lights, it's the music, it's, you know, the, the dudes at the stage ogling upward like they've never seen tits before. And it's, it's, it always, it blew my mind because, like I said, I'm 18. And the guys that I'm, I'm with, <laughs> the guys that I'm with, are they appear to be, you know, 23, 24, 25, uh, upwards in that age. But I go in and I see guys that are like 40 to after work guys. They still got the suit on unless they, you know, travel in suits. Maybe some dudes just like to look leisurely and, and like the dudes from Mad Men and walk around in suits all the time. But at that point in the night, which was about maybe like 10, 1030. And they're in there with their, you know, their business attire on and all this. And, you know, they're handing the dollars and they're doing the weird thing where they put the money between the teeth and they're like, Arr! and they try to put the the, 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 the money in the G-string with the teeth. And I'm looking at these dudes. Now, I'm saying I'm 18, like I'm 18 taking all of this in. And I'm looking at these dudes and I'm like, man, I ain't never seen nobody act like this before. Now, I also want to point out the fact that I didn't have any money because I was just walking around like a sick puppy 
because I had just broken up with my girlfriend for no reason, essentially. And I'm just in there, just not having a great time. And I'm watching these dudes like yuck it up and they're, you know, they're, they're, they're just the desperation is oozing off these guys. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting in the background. I'm not at the stage because I didn't have any money. So it didn't really make any sense for me to be front and center. Like, you know, shorty come around, oh, I'll bust it open for you. And I'm like, uh, ain't got no money. So it don't make no sense for me to sit there. So I sat in the background, like the little like couches behind the stage. And this guy just parks it right next to me. I guess there was no champagne room. This guy parks it right next to me and he starts to get a lab dance from, you know, the, the stripper or whatever. Now, this is where my brain started to overreact. I'm like, okay. I mean, he wasn't rubbing my elbow or anything. It wasn't uncomfortable. Don't get me wrong. That's not the scene I'm trying to set. But I'm sitting watching but not watching because you don't want to be that guy I'm watching this dude get his lap dance or whatever and she's sitting back to him one hand on her hair doing the sexy hair twirl thing and he's laying back with his arms you know droop to the side her hand her <laughs> her work hand <laughs> was on my side so I notice her pull like a reach around behind her lower back and she leans back and you know she's all her whole pelvic situation in my mind is telling me what's going on with that work hand and I'm like yo am I sitting next to a dude getting the handyman right now I'm like no I'm not so I, I, out my peripheral, because I'm an athlete and I know how to use that, and when you're from New York, you gotta develop your peripheral early or you're gonna get robbed. But anyway, so I'm through my peripheral because nobody wants to be a creep. I'm looking at her unzip homeboy and I'm like, no, he's gonna, she's gonna go skin on skin handyman on this dude right now. So she does. I don't know, it was like the Wild West because in them days, I guess, you know, the rules was off. So, I'm sitting next to homeboy and then I'm like, all right, let me just dip. So I, I, I dip off and I go to the stage briefly before I depart. You know, the dudes I'm with, I'm like, yo, great time, blah, blah, acting mad, phony. Like I knew them before I came in. Hey, y'all good, y'all dudes have a good night. And I proceeded to walk the rest of the way uh, to a train station because I really had to clear my head about what I just saw. Because in my mind, I'm like, okay, she came over, hit dude with the handyman, but that wasn't her first one nor her last one and I didn't see her come from a bathroom I saw her come from another location where there were couches so she didn't wash her hands and I know that sounds so petty like to some people that might sound like yo why would you you know pick that out out of all the things to uh, glean from that situation because it's gross that's why like again, at, as and and at eight by eighteen, I was already experienced enough. Like I wasn't a virgin, you know what I mean. I wasn't raised in a, a conservative household with Mormon Jews, and we prayed eight times a day. None of that. None of that. My house wasn't religious, so it was. You know, I knew what debauchery was. I knew what that kind of behavior, you know, entailed. But at eighteen years old, to see that as my first strip club experience. It was like, yo, 
she just took her not so clean hand, put it on dude, when she probably just had a hand on another dude, so now technically they're rubbing penises in her hand. See it how you want. But that was my first strip club experience. And I realized it was just very gross. So I just uh so going forward in my mind, I if if I were to ever experience that again, which I did, like experience a strip club again, I'm not letting none of them chicks touch me. Forget about it. So my second strip club experience actually came a year and a half later when I went to college. Now, I went to college a little late because again, I left high school and I wanted to pursue modeling. I wanted to see what was going on in life. I just wasn't ready to dive into life straight away. So I went to college and my roommates one weekend was like, yo, we should go up to Canada and catch the Canadian ballet. And I'm laughing and I'm like, yo, what makes you think I want to go to a ballet? My man turns to me. He's like, that's, that's a strip club. I'm like, oh, well, we're going to do that. All right, fine. So without telling them my first strip club experience, you know, we head up to Canada, uh, right? It's it, Niagara is like right on the other side of Buffalo. So it really wasn't like Canada, Canada, Canada. It was like Americanada. So we go get some Korean food, which is a very integral part of the story because Korean wine or whatever liquor that was really hinders good decision making and no good decisions were made after that dinner at all because it wasn't so much dinner more than it was like stomach prep for the remaining evening of drinking that was going to take place so we go to this place and i can only call it a place because it was very remote on a dimly lit road the only thing lit on that street apart from the street lights which were subpar were the lights that were on the front of this adult establishment i don't remember the name of it but again beauty standards remember i started with that so we go into this strip club super dark way less lights than my first experience and everybody scatters like roaches and I'm, I didn't scatter more than I kind of stick close to the guy that was like my roommate. So me and him was like the closest. He was like, what you want to do? I'm like, what you mean what I want to do? We in a strip club. We're just going to sit here and you know, wait for something to happen, I suppose. So we pull up a table, order a couple of drinks. This little slim thing comes around, super duper boob job. Homeboy goes nuts. I'm not a boob man. I'm a butt man. I'm a sucker for a big booty. My wife's booty is dumb thick. That's how she got me in the first place, I think. Uh, I, I would like to think that it was something a little more substantial, but it wasn't. On top of the fact that when we first met, she made me a whole loaf of bread, a French toast. But I digress. We're in this strip club. And, you know, this like little snow bunny rolls up looking like, you know, Playboy Mansion style. Huge boobs, blonde hair, whole thing. Homeboy falls for it. I'm not a blonde hair, blue eye, big boobs dude. So I'm like, eh, let it pass, whatever. Now, I get approached by what appears to be I'm, I'm 20 at the time. What appears to be a late 30s 
thick in the hips, like mom hips. You know the mom hips I'm talking about, where like the butt jiggles, but it's not even doing anything. It's like that. I'm already, you know, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the building now. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm talking about. And dudes is looking at me like I'm bugging. I'm looking at them like they bugging. We all look like we bugging. And I'm just looking, I'm looking at her, she's talking to me. And she's like, so where you fellas from and blah, blah. And I'm like, they like, oh, I'm from here, I'm from here, I'm from here. I'm like, oh, I'm from New York. She's like, oh, you're a long way from home. So now I already got her attention. Plus, I'm already giving her attention because she fit my body type at that time. And we're talking. And then, like, we get close to the end of the night. She's getting a little close. And I notice her hand is reaching for me. And I was like, nah. And I didn't want to say something like, oh, by the way, I'm gay. But I wanted to because I didn't want her to touch me. I didn't want her to say, hey, I know where your hand's been. I know what you do for a living. I don't trust you. I didn't want to say that. So I kind of was like, oh, time for us to get up out of here. So we leave. Now, you thought that was going to be the interesting part of the story. It's not. We head up the road a little further. Not very far. The next lit building <laughs> was a massage parlor. So we go to this massage parlor. I'm almost out of money. I really want you to start understanding the context of these stories. I'm almost out of money, but not quite. So we go into this massage parlor. There's these ladies sitting. There's a lady behind the desk. And there's like a menu on the wall. And they're using language that is like not really descriptive. It looked like the menu when you go to the car wash. Like, and it says deluxe. Super Deluxe, Deluxe Supreme, uh, regular. And then <laughs> I look in my pocket and I'm like, I'm doing a comparison. I'm like, I think I have whatever's above regular money. And I think I'm going to get that. Now you ask yourself, Wayne, you seem like a hypocrite because you wouldn't let that stripper touch you, but you're going to go to this massage parlor. Here was my thinking and I was right. We go into the back where the massage parlor's at, and there's a shower. So with that being said, I didn't really have much to worry about by means of cleanliness, so to speak. So to speak. The ladies come out, everybody picks theirs. The one that came out that I saw appeared to be closer to my age, because all of them were young, like it wasn't like, you know, it wasn't a Bobby Kraft situation. I don't know how old those girls were. I just wanted to say Robert Kraft and how gross that was. Imagine him being naked in front of these girls looking like Mr. Burns. He probably had liver spots all on his body. He's standing there like, oh yeah, which one of you ladies want to get busy with Bobby tonight? You know, it was probably gross, but I digress. <laughs> the girls come out and I picked mine like first because there was like a thicker one and I wanted that. I didn't want, you know, the bony Joni because I like, you know, I like thicker girls. So I get her. Now, mind you, the initial look on her face, she just seemed like she'd been there all day. She looked tired. Uh, the other girls looked like, you know, they was all ready to go. So I'm like, eh, whatever. I didn't think twice about it. So we get to the back and she was like, so what do you want? And I was like this again. And I was like, whatever was, you know, above regular. So we both get in the shower. The shower ensues. There's a lot of rubbing going on. You know, strange. I, up until that point, I don't think I'd ever showered with another person before. 
So we reconvene to this mat area. And I don't even really understand what was going on more than there was a lot of slithering and unenthusiastic touching. And I was like, look, I want to, I, I had this, I stopped her, which this is not the last time I'd ever done that. I stopped her because I see that like her heart wasn't in it. And it just, it was, it was just really, it, it didn't make me feel good to see somebody unenthusiastically do something for money that they almost didn't want. Like you ever, you ever notice that? Like you ever see somebody do something and it's like, ew, they don't really want to do this. Now I feel gross. So I just stopped and I put my clothes all the way back on. I gave her the money and I was like, you have a good rest of the night. I didn't even shower the oil off my torso because I, I started to feel gross. So I did. And I'm, I go to the lobby. We're still waiting for my one guy. He's in the car. Like when we find, when he finally does get with us, he's in the car. He's like, yo, you guys should have seen what I was back there doing, man. She did this and she did that. Oh, it was so crazy. And then I was like, blow. And I was like, you were like, blow. I was like, where? He was like, everywhere. And I'm laughing because I don't even know if we believed him at the time. And to this day, I still don't. <laughs> because, like, I keep in contact with him on Facebook. I, to this day, I still don't believe that he blowed everywhere. Like, I don't... Because <laughs> he made... Because he was in the car. And he was like, blow! <laughs> and all the other dudes was mad intrigued by the story. I was skeptical. I was like, you blowed. Where? And he was like... He put his hands up like he like he like circumference did. He was like everywhere. Ah, <laughs> oh, to this day I think he's lying. But anyways, fast forward. Now that was my second strip club first massage parlor experience, which I've never done a massage parlor after that because that very idea is gross. Um, but. Some years later, like time had passed, I had met my friend Kevin. He's from Detroit. And I lived there for eight months. And right across the Ambassador Bridge is a wonderland called Windsor, Canada. Now, none of these strip club experiences were that negative, more than by that time, I had realized that I wasn't a strip club guy for the sake of being there to see ladies. And it all depended on who I was with. Because the guys that I went to the strip club with when I lived in Detroit, they weren't like weirdos. They weren't like guys who didn't get girls. They weren't guys who weren't used to female attention. They were guys who were used to having a bunch of girls around. So it really was never about the girls when we went to strip clubs in Detroit. They, the, the girls and the environment were just the background noise and the soundtrack to the fun that we were bringing. And I remember one night, we go to this spot in Windsor, I think it was called like, the toy chest or something like that. It was some, I know it was some sort of play box, something that you put toys in and the word chest in there. And um, I'm, we brought about, I wanna say we brought about five girls with us. 
Uh, these girls are pretty, and they could fight. That is an integral part of the story. Whenever I say something that seems out of place, it's not. It's always going to come back up. So we we go to this place, and it was 2001 NBA Finals, Sixers versus uh, Lakers. I want to say it was game two or game three, whichever game was on a Friday or a Saturday because it was one of those days. And we were in there, we pulled up, we pulled up a table and right next to the television. And we ordered bottles, drinks, everything. Like all of us, like we just pulled up a table. Like that's, we didn't care about anything else that was going on. And the one guy we were with decided he was gonna deviate from the pack and be Mr. Sit at the Stage guy. That's not what we was on. So he's sitting at the stage and I think I seen him pee in a bottle once because he didn't want to get up and lose his spot, even though nobody else was there. But by that time, we were pretty well into our drinking situation and I don't think he knew where he was at. So we're sitting and I'm noticing the dancers are like lingering around us, waiting to see where they could somehow get in and try to like get a dance with one or a few of us or whatever like try to get money off of us and the way that it was set up was the fact that the girls that were with us was kind of in the circumference like on the outside and we were sitting and it was just like you weren't gonna get in without having to bump into one of the girls because you're not gonna not these girls that we brought you wasn't gonna be like, oh, excuse me, can I get past you and try to get a dance with him? That wasn't gonna happen. I happened to be standing up because I was trying to watch the game. And this girl, like she walks up to me and she puts a hand on my shoulder and I like flinch like, yo, like with your hands and all that. Like, I'm telling you, I don't, don't strip her hands, don't touch me. Like, I, I was not with it. And and it wasn't that I'm a, I'm a, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything against strippers, but like, I don't touch me like I know where your hands be at like I'm not with it like don't touch me I, I'm just, I'm not I'm not that guy like because I'm not enthused by I've never been like intrigued by naked women like that's not how I ever gave it up like that was never my steez so she's like oh you know just wanted to see I'm like nah we good we you know we got everything we need we good thank you so the bartender girls is bringing us stuff and they the, the you could tell the dancers was like kind of taking it personal because the bartender girls stopped working like they stopped working because at that point in the night, it was just us in the club. We was like, sheesh, like 15 deep probably. And it was just us in there. It was a small little small little spot, wasn't anything super huge, but they stopped working, came and chilled with us and just kept bringing us drinks. I think after a while, the drinks was on the house because they just wanted to have fun with us. Like it wasn't, they weren't, trying to get a buck off us they was like yo uh, we could be done working like they already we already made our night just from being them being in the club so the dancers are still trying to thirst mob us and the one girl we was with was like fed up with them circling like vultures and she turns around she's like what you hoes want we already told y'all we good da -da 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 -da. and one of them looked like they wanted to buck up bad but then all the girls stood up and then like all of the girls that was with the one stripper chick just they just fell back so the night wraps up and 
we start to leave. And I don't know what part of the message these girls didn't get. But like two of them was like, can we leave with y'all? I was, I, I felt bad in that moment because I didn't know whether or not the girls that we was with was just gonna beat them chicks up. And I guess from that experience, I just looked at it, I'm like, yo, I almost feel like in certain instances, like girls are so used to dudes being thirsty that they think that all they gotta do is keep trying. Now I know how women feel because like I've seen women say no to dudes and be like, no, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, we good and the dude still tries but like in a different way listen you can only throw a frisbee two ways you can over underhand it or overhand it i don't know because i can't throw a frisbee i never even seen a black dude throw a frisbee if i ever saw a black dude throw a frisbee i'd be like hey black dude how you learn how to throw that frisbee and then i'd make him teach me but i don't know how to throw a frisbee and i can't swim those two things have nothing to do with each other but i just i, I now i know how women feel when they when dudes don't take no for an answer and like that has been my strip club experience. I'm just like, yo, I don't even like strip clubs. Like I'm not even one of them dudes that if you tried to tempt me with a strip club, like, hey man, wanna go to a strip club? I'd be like, no. Do you know what happens in there? And I'm sure many people have fun in strip clubs. I'm just not one of them. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to like put myself on this super duper moral plane, like I'm better than dudes who go to strip clubs. If that shit twists, go to strip clubs. It's just not mine. And I'm just not one of them dudes that you can stereotype into you know whatever you think i'm supposed to be because i don't like beer i don't like boobs i like barbecue but not necessarily i try to keep you know my figure pretty trim uh i don't like garage talk i don't like filthy conversation for no reason like if you tell me a joke and it has like a like a dirty element eh, I'm, you know i might chuckle a little bit but like i just don't fit many people's stereotype of what a, a man is supposed to be like i trim my eyebrows i rather go shopping than go mow the grass so i guess from there i just gotta say you know just be careful with what how you try to put people in boxes because it's not really fair to them and you wind up looking dumb because not everybody's into what you think they might be into like yeah i'm a dude but don't try to you know put me in your little box where you feel comfortable with me being i make the rules i create the box i set the box for myself and it's not even a box it's more like a trapezoid I never did good at geometry and I hate math so there's that <laughs> listen you can catch me on all social media productive inactivity podcast on podbean productive inactivity podcast on soundcloud productive inactivity podcast on instagram and twitter um and again this is Wayne Steven with the productive inactivity podcast yes sir. <laughs>